0: Hello and welcome to the Cummings Pepperdine Hugely Popular Crypto Questions. I'm Claire Cummings from Cummings Pepperdine and we're an advisory firm based in London and we work with helping our clients with the three key areas of law, FCA and tax. And in this edition of our Hugely Popular Crypto Questions, I'm going to be talking to Ian Gobin of Intertrust Law in Cayman about the main issues that somebody who's setting up a crypto fund needs to bear in mind and how we can solve them. Now, a word of background here. Ian and I have known each other now for about 20 years. I can't tell you what we were both wearing when we met. That's another story. But Ian, hello. Tell us about you and about Intertrust.
1: Thank you, Claire. That's hilarious. We have each other for the best part of 20 years and the first sort of 10 years of our relationship we never actually saw each other it Uh, was so
0: so weird when we met i had to close my eyes
1: anyway we digress so today we're here to talk about the issues with what to watch out for when you are setting up a a crypto asset fund as claire said i am ian gobin i'm the global managing partner of intertrust law which is a BVI and cayman registered law firm
0: so ian you and I have been working on the structuring and growth of hedge funds for many years. And then a few years ago, at the same time, we both ended up working on crypto matters when they were quite nascent, really. And we started that early on, setting up crypto funds in Cayman. Now, I think a lot of what we talk about is going to be based on how you set up a hedge fund, because there's a good sort of set of precedents there and it all works But before we go on to talk about then the additional and the extras that you need to think about crypto, tell me more about Cayman and crypto funds.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're right, Claire. You know, I think that what's important is that, you know, fundamentally, these are registered hedge funds or mutual funds in in the Cayman Islands. Or they could equally, if they're closed ended, they could be registered under the Private Funds Act. But either way, they're going to be registered entities in the Cayman Islands. We both got into the space about eight years ago with, with our, our first um, crypto fund that was just buying. But obviously, now things are significantly more uh, sophisticated. The market has, has evolved uh, hugely. So with a crypto fund, you're looking at all of the standard or relatively standard considerations that, that, that you would look at for mainstream asset class, although we're all in the alternative asset asset space here but still relatively mainstream. In addition to that, you've got the crypto sleeve of considerations that we're going to run through today on top of the usual stuff.
0: Okay. and on that crypto sleeve, which I think is a rather nice way of putting it, I like that. How about, can we start, there are a few things to think about, but first of all, shall we start about thinking about the risk factors? Now, there is a view, sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly held, that crypto is inherently more risky and inherently more prone to money laundering. This, of course, has to be dealt with in the offering memorandum for the fund so that all investors know about the risks that are inherent. And not only is that sort of information which investors do need to have, it also protects the fund manager as well. So it works for all parties to have a good set of risk warnings and everybody know what they're doing. Can you talk a bit more about the kind of risk warnings that you and I have drafted and looked at for some of the Cayman crypto funds we've worked on together?
1: Sure. You know, you're, you're right. You know, disclosure is key and, and no one should be afraid of, of, of sort of disclosures. They are a good thing. It, it, it's important to tell your investors everything in terms of what you're going to be doing with this fund. You, you're not going to be giving away the uh, the secret source, the proprietary trading information, but you are going to be telling the investors, everything you're going to be doing with them, how potentially it could be lost and everything associated with the fund going up or the fund going down. That's standard with any fund. But there are crypto specifics that that, that Claire's mentioned that, that we need to go through. So fundamentally, we need to disclose away the legality of the digital assets. We know that this is a unregulated market and we need to disclose the fact that we're buying assets that are unregulated. We're buying them on exchanges, which are fundamentally unregulated. That's we. We also know that there can be liquidity issues. We're not going to be disclosing, as I mentioned, the, the the investment strategy ins and outs, but we are certainly going to be saying what we're trading, where we're trading, and and what we're trading.
0: Yeah, and I think then there are the the, the other things which are additional and and only crypto sets so things like staking. Uh, mining issues going going wrong. The, in, in inevitably the sort of the fear of theft and whether an asset is itself proper, a proper property if that makes it right, which it is now in the UK, but it isn't. But it isn't everywhere. No,
1: and and, and everything that you're doing in terms of you know whatever your policy is on custody valuations insurance coin provenance. Everything is is dis- disclosable, both as this is what we're doing, and then the corresponding risk factor.
0: Well, can I pick you up there on the, on the issue you just mentioned, in particular, if we could just talk a bit about custody. Obviously, a fund needs to have a custodian, and we spend quite a bit of time in the UK thinking about how a custodian custodies within wallets and the UK money laundering regulations on uh, wallet providers, you know, when they're in the UK. It's an EU thing, really, but, you know, we're working in the UK. Can you tell me a bit more about the custody issues for a crypto fund and how they are solved? Because it's it, it's fine for us to sit here and get, get everybody worried, but actually we're in the job of providing solutions. So what are the issues? How do we solve them?
1: Sure. So custody has evolved a lot over, over the kind of over the last eight years. You know, eight years ago, we set up the fund that was that was trading Bitcoin. And, and the, the phrase self-custody was the one that because there, no one was providing custodial services. The regulated banks couldn't touch it and no one else was in the space. Over time, crypto custodians have have evolved.
0: And they've come and gone as well, haven't they? Actually, not everybody who started is still is still there.
1: They've been bought by other shops or they've or they've gone out of business for various reasons. But yeah, you, you, you know, that, that's all part of the evolution of this market, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, very much so.
1: But I, I think that, you know, again, fundamentally it's about what are you doing with security and how are you trading your 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 assets. You you can't just leave them on an exchange. Exchange can be hacked. We all know that, depending on, on which exchanges you're on, etc. So it's all about setting out just what your trading strategy is. That's the first thing to do. So,
0: yep, and, the, and you're absolutely right. Yeah, the trading itself is. I mean, I know the one custodian we do a lot of work with. You, you you can go within a walled garden to trade, so you've got an extra layer of security. Trading itself is still an area of concern and potential theft.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know few people now are, are involved in in self custody. You know that the the exchanges again, I keep using the word fundamentally and sophisticated, but. Fundamentally, the exchanges are now more sophisticated and many offered custodial solutions too. You've now got US um, national federal banks that are um, licensed to take on crypto um, custody. So there's been a huge evolution. You look at Bitco, Coinbase custody, Digivolt, Gemini, these are yeah. all giant custo- digital custodians in the space now, very, very yeah. sophisticated offerings. Yeah. So, really, there's, there's no excuse anymore in terms of oh I'm just going to self custody it 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 doesn't work and investors are not going to run with that they they well, want to put it, yeah do. put it this
0: way would you invest in a crypto fund that was self custodying i wouldn't
1: i i think that plenty of people have because the the investors in the, in the but space
0: now yeah but now i think in the past yes, but, but when there weren't solutions and it was pro- it, it, you could argue that it was the safest option Now, I think that third party, an extra pair of eyes, a third party provided that 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 custodian is secure. So, for example, you know, Gemini is is regulated in the in the UK. Copper is regulated. I I find I find it hard to believe that you can do self-custodying, which is as strong as those guys.
1: It's going to be the first red flag that comes up on a DDQ from an investor is kind of like
0: it is. Yeah.
1: And, you know. If the answer is oh I've got an account with Anchorage, great, that's it. You've you've, you've ticked that box, move on. If you if you say no, it's all self custody. It, it's 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 one eyebrow up. It's like well why are you doing that? And I can't think of a single reason that would justify self custody for a fund these days.
0: Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, yeah. The the other the, what the second thing you mentioned actually you talk about custody and um, valuations, insurance, a couple of others. Let's should we talk a bit more now about, about valuations? Because one of the critical things to get right in and fund offering memorandum is how is what the fees are and how are they calculated. And you can't calculate the fees without calculating the NAV. Mm-hmm. Now, under AIFMD, the UK AIFMD included, the investment manager has to be responsible for this, although inevitably the um is the person who helps a great deal can we talk a bit about how, whether our, our crypto assets and I know that's a sort of a, a huge a sort of you know, covering term are they hard to value are some hard to value how do you how do, how do how do you and I find a solution for people on the valuations
1: yeah look I, I think that it, it's again it's just down to disclosures and and also the the, the
0: risk and pick your counterparts as well
1: yeah so you know Clearly, there's there's going to be a risk factor on arbitrage, different exchanges pricing things differently. These are all unregulated exchanges. I think that will that will change everything. But right now, they are unregulated, so there can be, as we've seen, wide movements of pricings.
0: Yeah, and that's another, and that's also another one for the risk factors, isn't it?
1: So, think, and, and
0: yeah.
1: all all of that falls into your valuation you know, policies, and you, know, you you'll work with. Both your onshore lawyer, your auditors, in order to work out wh- what and how your valuation strategy is going to operate, just make sure that you use it and you apply it, and you never yeah. away from it.
0: Um, yeah, because yeah, because it's not as if you know in in the hedge or PE world, it's not as if the, the you know the fund world doesn't understand hard to value, doesn't understand fast moving dynamic markets. It's just a question of making sure you've got the wording right, you've got counterparts and and functionaries who can do it. And you do actually say what you're going to do. So you haven't got investors coming back later saying that there was something fraudulent.
1: No, you know, with this asset class, although there are some unique features to it, you know, at the end of the day, this, this is still an investment fund and all the usual things that, that occur in an investment fund will occur with a crypto fund.
0: Yeah. And there's so many sort of established ways of, of, of gaining prices that, yeah, I mean, you know, some, sometimes it's I find it's quite useful just to refer, refer back to some of the ISTA wording and use that. Yeah. Look, every now,
1: have a, a liquidity risk factor. So will a crypto yes. fund. So yeah. it, it, it's nothing to be particularly worried about. And if you're an You've investor.
0: you just got to get it right there, haven't you?
1: You've already looked at it. Yes. You you know what that's what that should be saying. Making sure that that's the policy that's being adopted.
0: Yeah, and then insurance, Ian. That was the that was the other that was one of the other points that you mentioned. Yeah, it's, Um it's guess, been a, it's been a, it's been an interesting one. But there have, you know, again, huge developments in the world of the insurance that's available for people.
1: Journey, uh, and you know, obviously, uh, at the end of the day the market has needed the global insurance providers to, to kind of get interested in this space. And they have done that, which is why it's evolved. You know, it started off with the concept, again, of self-custody. So the manager with self-custody, right, okay. The exchanges with self-custody, or it, it, it was, we're, we're balance sheet protected. Well, we heard all that over LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Um Where it's gone now, look, that there are some really good options. But again, it depends on the the pricing for your for your crypto insurance is going to depend on what your strategy is and which exchange exchanges you're trading on.
0: Yeah. How good your counterparts are, how good the whole model is, who the so who are the functionaries you've got in place. Yeah.
1: You're on BiFinance, Coinbase, Gemini, these are all exchanges that are the carry insurance. So they only, they only have insurance because they have outstanding cybersecurity protections.
0: So, so in other words, do, you, do due diligence. On who you will have as your as your counterparts, and that due diligence needs to include what their insurance is.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you'll talk to Copper and say, okay, so tell me what 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 how how my assets are going to be insured with you and and, and for what, because that will put um, that's part and parcel of the, the, of the disclosures you're going to make in your offering documents. Yeah, going to tell you the 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 insurance providers, you know, Aon roughly covers about 50% of the insurance market for crypto. So when you're chatting with them, you're going to be telling them which exchanges you're trading on, which coins you, you intend to buy, et cetera, what coin provenance software you're going to use. They they are then going to price up the insurance. Now, it may be that you don't want insurance, that so you feel that it, it, it's it's not of value because of the exchanges you're, tra- you're trading on. That's fine. Tell your investors that.
0: Yeah, you've they, got to disclose that. If, yeah. Yeah, investors need to know that it's not there. It would be an act of omission not to tell them.
1: Yeah. And that is the question of you know: what is being insured and how? Is is it in specie insurance or or or, or, or not? So we we can get in the ins and outs of 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 all that kind of stuff, but it's you're you're not going to be insuring for the for the values going up or down. You're 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 really going to be insuring for cyber hacks at, at yeah, the for
0: safety. Yeah.
1: Is. It, it, frankly, in my view, it's important to have in addition to, to what the exchange covers. You, you've got a, you, effectively you have double insurance if you're, if you're trading on the main exchanges.
0: And well, to just where we're talking about cyber hacks and so on, one quick one other question, which you and I both get asked all the time. What about a bank account?
1: Yeah, again, um, it's something which which was at the beginning of this market very very challenging. Actually, um, at the beginning it wasn't so challenging. A lot of people were offering bank accounts.
0: (laughs) uh, That was that was the problem. There were too many of them, and then yeah,
1: then they stopped.
0: And then then the bad boys disappeared. And uh,
1: ICO boom. That that that's when everyone ran for cover in 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 the banking world. There are there are providers out there that provide insurance that they're specialists.
0: Bank accounts uh, as well, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Now, often it will depend who you are and, and just how much you have uh, as to whether they're interested in you or not, but there there are solutions around banking.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think then, if we could just come on to the, my last question for you in our crypto questions, and they're, they're kind of related really. How do you deal with, or how do you advise people deal with coin provenance and that ties in with in-species subscriptions because it's really not unusual with it with a crypto fund to have a non-fiat but an in-species subscription
1: look it's my favorite question and it's something do you know
0: what nobody can see you apart from me but you're there sort of with your head in your hands Yeah, because it's (laughs)
1: Well, for me, because I, I really like this and I, I push it hard, but I get pushback from people on it.
0: You're so right. You know, same thing here. You push, you push, you push because you've got to know all the way through, haven't you? The whole life cycle has got to be open, disclosed, transparent. And
1: Look, Right now, do you want to be buying, do, do you want to be setting up a fund where you are buying coins um, that are linked directly or indirectly to the Kremlin? No, you do not. So it's about coin provenance. It, you can find, you can follow the chain you can find out where where they were mined who's held them and the coin provenance software that's out there with the likes of coinpath global ledger Chainalysis, coinbase analytics there's a whole rap, there's a whole industry they can risk rate the coins for you It mitigates your risk
0: and, and they can do it so i mean I, I i was i was involved in something where chain analysis had just popped something up way back one person for a few years ago is something as simple as maybe 20 years ago they 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 were late on their poll tax or something it's so sophisticated now so yeah there's no there is there's no there's no excuse really for playing dumb when we as also we all know that yeah this is it the bad boys send the money for things like child pornography the north korean missile program yeah, the kremlin it's you know it, nobody wants to be part of that
1: well, you want to make sure that you're not buying that stuff. And, exactly. You know,
0: so don't. Yep. Yeah, so
1: the exchanges themselves, the main exchanges do a really good job. But but again, you they they are deploying such software. But you, as a manager, you know my view is that you should be ensuring that you are using coin provenance. The investors' monies are not at risk with such such coins or, or such coins being being purchased by you. That ultimately could, if they have been stolen, if if they are linked elsewhere, can suddenly become void. At the yeah. end of the day, what it is. In addition to the moral sort of factors and issues that that, that I, I, I feel very strongly about, there is a risk that it will turn to dust. So, you are, you have a producery as well as a, a legal obligation to ensure that what's being purchased is worth what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Where it comes from, what it is, all its characteristics. Yep. And that's not just in what you're purchasing. That's also if, um, if you're a fund that takes in specie subscriptions as well, isn't it?
1: Yes, on, on, the, on the specie piece, you know, uh, at the beginning of the market, we saw some of the fund admins, you know, take on in specie subscriptions, but mainly from the principles of the funds. I. Yeah. I. It was how the principals would get their assets into the fund so others could share. Well, with. it was
0: often, yeah, it was often the, the, you know, own, money, own money trading, built it up. Yeah, and able to fund taking it from other people is 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 a slightly different line of entry.
1: And and coin problems didn't really exist in those days either, so it was very much lucky in the whites of the eyes of somebody and sort of saying, okay, give me enhanced due diligence on yourself, your source of wealth, all that kind of stuff. Obviously now it's significantly more expensive, uh, sophisticated with the software that's in place, and on on on, on expense, it doesn't cost the us. You know, so it's just something that should be commonplace, and and everyone use it as an industry standard. In specie, subscriptions are still an issue. A lot of the main admins won't won't sort of do that, or if they do, there's a there's a there's a price tag. Yeah, there's cost a cost to it. Yeah. And that's well, who pays that? Should it be the investor that pays? Probably. I mean, should it be the manager? It could be. Is it the fund? There can could be situations where it's worthy of the of the funds to 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 pay for the the, the enhanced cost for the diligence over an in specie subscription so it's all on a case-by-case basis
0: and, it, and, I, and i think also if there is that cost and it's it's more than material and it's going to the fund and it's being paid by all investors whereas you, and if you only have a couple who are making in specie again going back to what we said beginning i think it, that's also a matter for disclosure isn't it
1: yeah it, it totally is
0: it'll, uh, and it'll probably and it'll turn up in the accounting but get it out there before anybody comes in
1: yeah, you know, it, it's a conversation you need to have with your with your with your admin and your auditor to make sure that people are comfortable that this is going to be happening, and and to stress test the the, the policies and procedures that are in at the fund administrator to to ensure that this can happen, or indeed, if they have a, a blanket ban, no, we can't, we we won't be doing that for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it does, and yeah, and I, I know that when you and I put fee proposals together for people, we do say. It's going to be, it's going to actually cost legally, it's going to be a little bit more if it's not, if it's in specie because of the work involved. But you know, it works for some people, it's, it doesn't for others. It's very much a commercial decision that everybody makes, depending I it, on their own commerciality.
1: From a marketing perspective, it always looks kind of sexy. Hey, we t- we'll, we'll take subscriptions in specie. When it actually comes down to it, most of the people, most of the investors want to hold on to the crypto that they've got, and they're not looking to really settle it into a fund. Some may, but they, they, they're they looking to spread their risk. They're, they're investing in a fund to spread the risk and mm-hmm. as the real portfolio maintain the crypto that they've got.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like so other types of commodity fund in a way, isn't it? Which I always think crypto is quite similar to that. You know, do you want do you want to liquidate your commodity positions to go into cash, to go into a fund, or do you want to put, keep your positions and also make your own investment in cash? So, yeah. Yeah. Ian, it has been so lovely to catch up with you. You're not looking any older. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're fully dressed.
1: Fully dressed, yeah, but now that I have two babies, it's the, the the last two years have been very interesting for everybody.
0: <laughs> well, look, before we say goodbye to everybody, can you quickly tell people how they can get in contact with you and find out find out more about what you do, what InterTrust Law does and about sort of crypto in Cayman in general?
1: Sure. So you can reach me on, on our website, which is www.intertrustlaw.com. Uh, you can reach me on ian.govin at intertrustlaw.com as well. Uh, feel free to reach out if you have any sort of comments or you want to explore things further from a Cayman and BVI perspective in respect of the setting of a crypto asset fund. Please let me know.
0: Perfect. And Ian, next time you're in Europe, away from Cayman, let me know and um, I'll come and see you and your wife, lucky lady.
1: As always. Thanks very
0: much. <laughs> Ian, thank you very much. And just for Cummings Pepperdine, it's cummingspepperdine.com. And Ian and I both look forward to speaking to you. Thank you very much for listening. And Goodbye. Boom.